Welcome to Added Value, where we talk about all things ad tech, martech, advertising, digital, technological, and try to make sense of it all. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Throughout this podcast, we're going to invite various guests in the industry to come on and give their take on all things MarTech, etc. If you have any feedback or suggestions, give us a shout at addedvaluepodcast at gmail.com. All right, let's do this. I'm Haley, and so long as you don't hate this podcast, I'll be your host. Welcome to Added Value. I'm Haley, your host. Hi, Brian. Hello. This podcast is all about me today. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Uh, thank God I'm not a millennial. <laughs> so today we're talking about millennials. Um, it's very relevant to, um, obviously, the advertising ecosystem. And we've invited a very special guest. Do you feel special, Mike? Hi, Mike. Hi. I feel special. Because this also, podcast is also about you. It is about me. That's true. I'm a little anxious. Yeah. I'm a little <laughs> nervous to be here, to be honest with you. I've, you've kind of beaten me up a bit in the past. Yeah. So we gave Mike like a dry run a couple of podcasts ago, and we thought we would make this podcast all about him and I because we're millennials. And you're the millennial expert, apparently. Apparently. Although so, you don't really embody a millennial, and we'll have to get into that. But We should. Arguably. Arguably. Whereas I think I kind of do embody a millennial. I don't know. I, I think mean, we're, well, pod- we'll we're podcasting. We'll so Mike's an old soul in a millennial's body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> that true. is a good way to put it. So let's kick it off by defining a millennial. Obviously, I think everyone's familiar with millennials, but what is a millennial? Millennials are... I was like, is it a millennium? Is it a millennial? Well, so we're the millennial term comes from millennium, the turn of the century, turn of the millennium. And that's generally because... People that are considered millennials came of age around the millennium. So people born between... <laughs> he came of age. Came of age. Like teenage, like grew up in <laughs> yeah, the 90s, yeah, 2000. Yeah. So people born between 1980 and 2000. So in, in, in our world, that would be the 18 to 35 demographic. But that moves, right? As we it get moves. older. Yeah, because we're, yeah, we're yeah, aging. Yeah. Okay. So without saying our ages around the room here... <laughs> Brian won't even make eye contact with me. A couple of us in the room are millennials and someone's not. Yep. Um, Okay, so that makes sense. So let's talk about why it's, I guess, relevant. So we recently released a white paper about millennials. What was some of the content of that for those of of our audience who didn't see it? That's how I became the millennial expert, the the in-house millennial (laughs) expert. I was forced to write a white paper. No, I wasn't forced. Um, Because you're right, it is a huge... Interesting topic for, I think, everyone that you're certainly talking to on the client strategy side. A lot of interesting research out there about millennials. Uh, But just to set the stage, so we, you and I, are part of the largest generation in U.S. history. Bigger than baby boomers. I don't even know if I knew that. Yeah. That's why everyone wants to target us, though. That's why So many of us. Exactly. There are 83, I think, 83 million millennials right now. It's 50. Wait, wait, in the U.S.? In in the the U.S., in the U.S., that's huge. Okay. Um, and now you all own credit cards. That's true. Well, so yeah, we're getting into that too because we are sort of hitting, you know, we're, we're, on, we're, the coming up, we're on the upper end of the <laughs> 18 to 35 spectrum. Uh, we're, we have spending power now. And <laughs> I read something. Hell yeah, we do. Yeah. I read something that said within the next five years, millennials will be 50% of the workforce, which probably wow. freaks people like Brian out. It freaks managers out, yes. Yeah. I'm even freaked out by that. 50%. 
Yeah. So let's talk about millennials in the realm of advertising. Why is it so relevant to us? Millennials are most relevant to advertisers because we're talking about digital advertising. Mm -hmm. And millennials grew up with digital devices. I... My family got our first computer when I was probably in you know third or fourth grade. Yeah, so I grew same. up with a computer in the house, grew up with the internet. My younger brother probably doesn't remember a time without having a, a mobile phone, maybe not a smartphone, but without a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. So, and he's on the younger edge of the millennial group here. So, you know, you and I can't imagine a time without the internet. He can't imagine without smartphones at his fingertips, all that information right there. We use a lot more devices than the average consumer. Millennials use, yeah. I think, four or five devices on average compared to the average American, at least, is in the two to four range. I think that's nailing it, which is advertising is all about getting in front of the consumer. And when millennials have four to five devices, it's such an easy age group to target, not yeah. only for volume, but it's like multiple touch points right in front of them. So it's easy to reach them, but it's hard to understand win us where over. they are, <laughs> win us over, certainly win us over, but hard to understand, you know, where they are different times of the day, making sure you're not over messaging, things like that. Uh, so I'd love to get into some of that. Yeah, let's go. It. Let's yeah. go there. A lot of the things that we'll talk about as, you know, ways to reach millennials are kind of the ways that all of our advertisers, all of our clients at Drawbridge at least, are using these tactics, right? Mm. And that's because, like we said, so many of the, so much of the audience that they're reaching are millennials. So we talk about things like cross-device reach and cross-device attribution, path to purchase. All that stuff is super important, even more so with millennials, because like we established, it's this huge multi-device reality yep. that, that millennials are living in. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can get a hold of them across different channels to actually tell a better story. So you're saying it's super easy to reach them. Yeah, let's take advantage of that. Let's uh, do a certain message on mobile and then a certain message on desktop when they're at work. Later on, follow up with something on connected TV, just sort of move along the message to build that, you know, brand affinity and advocacy. That's a good point, too, because it is about reaching us at the right time on the right device. But we also get turned off with too much branding in our face. Uh, or maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm an advertising snob. But I like to see the brand at the right time. But if I get oversaturated, it's like goodbye advertising for me. Definitely. Definitely. I think it's really easy to get millennials turned off from your brand too, right? And so something that we found in the research was that millennials kind of want to own that on their own. They want to own the research and they want to come to you when they're ready to make a decision. Mm. So there's a very fine line between messaging and over messaging. And, you know, something like a frequency cap is definitely something you can put into place there to help manage that. We see a lot of brands doing things like interesting formats. So millennials are not going to be responsive to a banner ad. Yeah. Right. Agreed. But interstitials, video, cool, you know, playable ads, things like that. We're kind of shiny objecty, like a little bit. Yeah. Our eyes are like, you know, go right to the shiny object, but Definitely. don't show us it, you know, too many times. Don't show us too many times <laughs> and, and let me decide if I want yeah. to skip it or not. Give me an X button. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, millennials, I actually just read this morning that uh, the majority of millennials have ad blockers on. Yeah, because we know the most about technology, right? We exactly. Know, we know what our power is. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so mobile's obviously <laughs> super important because that doesn't play as well in, in the mobile environment. I'm trying to think if I wasn't in digital advertising, would I have ad blockers on? Probably yes, but I don't today because I like to see the flow of ads. I like to see ads as much as I can to yeah, see see the trends. How, yeah, see the trends. How are brands, um, you know, getting in front of consumers? So, 
I'm gonna. Here's my dirty secret. My guilty. Pleasure. I love dirty secrets. Well, I have an ad blocker installed, but I don't have it on, so I use Ghostery mainly so that I can see who's, what tags and what pixels are being run on the sites I'm visiting. Are you trying to get a job on my team? Because this is what we do too. Oh, really? Are you gonna stand for this, Brian? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, of course yeah. we have Ghostery on. I just to like see to see where the tags you know, what's fired. going on in the market. Who's not necessarily whose pixels where, but you know what kind of okay what. What technologies is this website employing to mm-hmm. better optimize, better track users, better serve ads, whatever? It's interesting. Listen to you, Mr. Ops Hotshot. <laughs> Ops Hotshot. It's interesting because my team, the Ops team, is sort of obsessed with seeing who's on a site, who's pixeling the site. Because you can garner a lot from seeing whose pixels are on a site. Is it remarketing? Mm-hmm. Is it social? Which tracking? What's important to an advertiser? How open are they to taking our pixels so we can optimize better, build audiences from their sites? Um, so it's interesting. We're very adverse to it, but we're very interested in how it all works and, and who's blocking what. And, and to your earlier point, it's because our generation is so in the know in terms of technology. I can't imagine you know, our parents' generation, if they were out there slinging ads, so to speak, having Ghost yeah. reinstalled, looking at what pixels and are And we're firing. nosy because we, <laughs> because we can access all this information. I mean... Think about candidates we get in, people we meet. The first thing we do is we go online and research them. Or maybe just I do because I'm a creeper. No, but definitely. Yeah, I mean, we, we're nosy because the information is there. We know it's there. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever done anything online, it's there forever. So. That's why I like having a name like Mike Murphy. <laughs> I'm invisible on the internet. There what? are so many hidden Mike Murphys. Sight. I'm hidden in that's, plain sight. That's kind of true. If yeah. you know something about me, like Mike Murphy plus Drawbridge, right, then you'll find me. But if you just search Mike Murphy, I'm... I'm buried. That, yeah, you can search me and I pop right up because my mm. name is spelled so uniquely. Your name is great for this industry, by the way. Really? I don't think we've talked about that. What do you mean? Why? Your last name. Adkins? It's got ad right in there. Ooh, I never Are you even... just learning <laughs> yeah. this? Seriously? I really was like, I, I'm not. Oh. I thought you were saying Adkins diet. Are you calling me fat? Is that what's going on here? No, I'm just kidding. I, I didn't follow that at all. You're mm. right. Yeah. Adkins. That's right. Okay. That your well, name. I wish my first name was like. Viewability Adkins. No, that I'm glad it's not. I'm I'm glad I'm not doing stand up today. So we've talked a lot about online behavior. Let's talk about a little bit lower funnel, whether that's e com, offline. What are some trends mm. with millennials outside of just seeing ads and, and purchasing online? I think the shortest answer is that millennials are hypocrites. So something, How about you say we're hypocrites? You we, act sorry, like you're we, not a millennial. I know. Sorry. Okay. So we're hypocrites. So we are hypocrites. And so some of the stuff that I found was basically saying that millennials, far and above any other group of individuals, want to research things online, buy things online, as little human interaction as possible. I'd say. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, uh, millennials are more likely to respond saying that they think it's important to have a brand. I think it's important that a brand has a physical presence. So whether that's, you know, a retailer having a physical store versus just an online store or a brand being available in a physical store or a service representative that you can go into, complain to or whatever. Uh, even though we're going to go buy those products and services online yeah. later, we yeah. need to check it out, feel it, see it this in is, person. This is so true. I um, There's a certain brand that I love. It's online only. But they do these pop-up stores. Mm. And I will literally schedule time out of my day to go to the pop-up and then go back and order it online. I've actually done that. So I go in, I kind of look at it. 
I don't even take it home with me that day, but I like to see, like, is it aesthetically pleasing? What's the material yeah. like? It's almost like test driving, but then you just go home and order it. So that's very true. Uh, I did something recently that I don't think my parents would have ever done. I bought a mattress online. Was it It was Casper? a Casper mattress. Oh, I have so many questions um, about that. But okay. It's yeah, great, it's by true. the way. Okay. There's a plug for Casper, I guess. But All right. I, I can't imagine my parents just blindly no way. buying a mattress no online. And what happened was I went to the store, sat on all the mattresses, and they were going to charge all this money to deliver it and set it up. And then if you didn't like it, they were going to charge you to take it away. And really? I kind of just thought, I can get something, you know, free delivery, free returns if needed online. I'm going to take the risk. And they kind of make it risk like. There's they make not it much, risk-free. Yeah, it's like risk-free. It's like, we'll pay to come get it. We'll pay to set it up. We'll pay to take it back if you don't like it. Yeah. So during, I have a funny story actually about e-commerce versus physical commerce. Uh, during my online mattress search, I was poking on all the sites, right? So I was on Amazon at one point and found this mattress and it was super cheap, scary cheap, right? And all the, I realized <laughs> that it was a toy it was like for a doll's house. But all the reviews on this mattress were people buying it thinking that it was a full-size mattress. And because people were just like, click, buy, click, buy. They're not doing the research. So all these reviews are saying, I can't believe that this is a toy mattress. It came and it was way too small. It's like blah, Zoolander. Blah, blah. Yeah. It, was, it needs to be at least six times as big, right? Yeah, it was hilarious. That's kind people of funny. Were just, Would they have like fake dolls in bed or? No, it was just, you couldn't tell. There was no, there was no context Wait, how much it. It was, was this mattress? Was it two ninety nine, like $2.99? No. <laughs> That's a good indication. I don't remember how much There was, was no ruler next to it for scale Exactly. Reference. There was no way to tell how big it was. And so it had terrible reviews because people were idiots. Yeah, it's interesting. You guys are like digital generation, but so analog and so tactile. Yeah. Yeah, we're weird. The more, the more we talk about us, the weirder I find we are. That's why I'm leaning away. Not from you, from the moniker, millennials. Well, I mean, what you just talked about, buying a mattress online yeah. is like right in line with millennials, though. Mattress is the biggest thing I've ever bought online. I've sold a car on Craigslist. I don't know if that counts as online or not. I mean, Craigslist is certainly online, but... I mean, it's a, if we're talking about advertising, that's the way to reach consumers with your ad. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess it is. What about you? Any interesting buying or selling? Well, I just told you, sometimes I go in the physical location to look at something and then I don't... I mean, it's kind of like cell phones, right? Like we go into Apple, we play around with the phone, then we go back and order it online. That's true. But for me, I mean, I'm very into the aesthetics of something. Okay. Like I have to know, like, it's almost like, do I have a connection with this product? I sound like a cuckoo bird, but... Um, <laughs> Like does it speak I, to me? Yeah, does it speak to me? Like, can I actually see myself carrying this bag? Uh, I, I also think there is something about, for me, a brick-and-mortar store. If I need to go in tonight and change it or do something, it's there. But I don't want to have to go to the store. Like, I want the instant gratification, but I also am okay as long as it's shipped to me in two days. Yeah, that's why I love Prime. I think it also goes back to being spoiled. We're all very – I mean, millennials are spoiled. Like, instant gratification now – we're so used to having information, everything in our fingertips. Imagine what our imagine what your child's going to be like. Oh man. You guys never remember the time when I was a kid when we ordered stuff. There was always a caveat in parentheses that says 
four to six weeks for delivery. I mean, can you imagine that now? It's like four to six hours for delivery or you're yeah. pissed off. I get an Amazon package almost every day. Yeah, me too. Okay. And I'm very non-millennial. I order all my groceries on Amazon online and they show up like you can get them that same day. It blows my wife's mind. That's non-millennial, you think? I think for I think that's, you know. Okay. Probably millennials are more likely to do that, like with Postmates and all these delivery for goods and oh, services. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I think there's like nuances too to personalities. Like I like online shopping, but I'm also a minimalist. So I don't like, mm-hmm. I don't, the thought of a package being at my doorstep every day, like makes me, but I also live in a small Brooklyn apartment. Maybe that has something to do with it, but, um, we should just anonymously send packages to the house. <laughs> I, I, I don't like getting notifications. Like you have a package. I'm just like, where oh, am I, I going to put that. this? That's the best feeling. I, so I hate shopping. Do you in track person. it by the hour. No, I don't track it by the hour, but I love getting the notifications. Okay, I do like to track. Okay, if I know a package is coming, I will literally, because I'm a checker, I refresh and refresh mm-hmm. and refresh. But I just don't like knowing that there are, like, all these packages coming. But I think I having, also have, like, 40 pieces in my whole wardrobe. Ah. Uh, I think having all of this, all these options at our fingertips is a problem. So I was going to say, I hate shopping. Going, taking me to a mall or a department store, that is a punishment for me. But online, I'll just buy six of something in different colors and return the five I don't like or whatever. Yeah, you're also a guy. I mean, I understand why it's hard for our partners to reach millennials. Like, what's a good millennial tactic for digital advertising when we have such distinct personalities? We do have underlying, like, hey, we, we're into digital, yeah. we're into technology. We like branding and where we're at, which is online. But it's a hard demo now that we're talking about us. It is. And I think you need to stand out somehow, right? Whether that's with a cool piece of creative or with a cool piece of targeting. Maybe it's like a location-based targeting, right? They know, mm. you know, not the crappy like singles in your area kind of thing, but like generic <laughs> or more, more specific, um, you know, whether it's by zip code or something like that. But there's some cool tactics, I think. I think getting attention one way or another is, is key. I like sequential messaging for millennials because it doesn't freak us out. It freaks out older generations that Mm -hmm. they're being followed on the internet. But I like it when I see an ad on my smartphone, then I see it on my desktop because I'm like, all right, cool. They know what I'm into. Let's be very specific about what I see. It's helpful. Yeah, but older generations don't. I'm looking at specifically someone in the room. He's ignoring you again. Brian's ignoring me, but it does freak out some generations where right away they're like, wait, why is someone following me? I mean, we've all said what our parents do or what they think we do, which we we need to do for you, by the way. But um, I don't know, Brian, it's hard for you. You've been in advertising so long. You're not freaked out at all, even though you're a different generation. Yeah, that's probably true because I've been on the agency side and seen it evolve too and been had a front row seat. So it's kind of a different take. I don't know if I could, like you said, your friends that, or millennials that aren't in the business, do they have the, you know these things you know deployed on their machines or not? It's hard to get a, I guess, a clean perspective being in the industry. So in summary, I think we've identified a lot about millennials, but let's talk about key takeaways for advertisers for our partners. Um, so top things to know about millennials, do, do, do. Number one, lots of devices, right? Lots of devices, and I would pivot off of that and say number two we're using them concurrently i'll be at my tv on my phone with my computer open yeah it's every night at my house that's true i literally have my smart tv on streaming something i have my laptop open next to me usually for work just monitoring what's going on and then i have a tablet or my smartphone just researching 
products or social media. Right. So yeah, we literally have three devices rolling at the same time. Yeah, and I think a third thing to know sort of off of that is that because we are always connected, bombarded with brands, bombarded with messages, advertisers need to find a way to stand out. So we talked about a lot of things here, mm. you know, unique creative or unique targeting, but find a way to and get our attention. Yeah. You can't just get our attention by any old means these days. We have high expectations. <laughs> and sometimes question. standing out means being subtle, whether it's native or just kind of like, you know, hide, bury the call to action or bury the, the thing that you're kind of trying to sell in the video or whatnot. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that goes into mm -hmm. another takeaway, which would be don't oversaturate the message. Don't be too obvious, right? Don't build negative brand sentiment. Yeah, we want to know the coolest, latest things, but we don't want it slapped in our face 24-7, so don't give us too much. Right. And then I think the final overarching takeaway thing to know would be you need to understand who millennials are, right? We've talked about millennials as a very broad topic, mm -hmm. but it's super diverse, right? With 83 million people yep. in this group, it's hard to bucket that all into one thing, right? So understand who you're talking to, whether that's, you know, gender, location, mm -hmm. or likes and dislikes, where they are, what devices they own, how much they've interacted with your brand in the past. That information's out there. It can be found and used, so take advantage of it. Yeah, and then I think a key point and very re relevant to what we do is really understanding that all the devices roll up to someone, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're gonna be in front of someone, you better know they're the same user then it goes back to oversaturating, right? So being able to control your message, knowing that uh, millennials own multiple devices, so you better look at them as a unique user versus three separate entities. Yeah, yeah, you're not reaching a smartphone or a computer, you're reaching a person on a smartphone. Exactly. So the joke of the podcast is really like how millennial is Mike, even though he is technically a millennial, he's kind of not. But My birth certificate says I am. Yes. Well, your birth certificate says you are, but let's find out for sure. Right. So I want to play a little quiz between you and Brian to see who's more millennial. Don't laugh. Can because I make it, a prediction? Yeah, Brian. <laughs> Brian is younger at heart than I am, I think. All right, well, let, let's rock and roll this quiz and see what the internet says, because the whatever the internet says is true, don't you know? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Question one. Um, in the past 24 hours, did you watch more than an hour of television programming or not? Mike? An hour. No. Brian? Yeah, no. No, no? Okay. Question two. In the past 24 hours, did you read a daily newspaper? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. I've read articles, you know. On were you, a, were you on reading a the news? digital, I've read the news, but I, you know, not a physical newspaper. I, it doesn't say physical. I think daily. No, it says news. daily newspaper. No, that's a no for me. I'm saying I, yes for Mike. Oh, all right. I'm going to answer that for you. Question three: In the past 24 this hours, is so rigged, by the did way. you play video games? No. Brian, <laughs> I can't try to rig it. <laughs> you totally have. Yeah. Uh, yeah yes. <laughs> Did you play it at work, Brian? No, I'm kidding. No. I'm just kidding. All right, question four. Thinking about your telephone use, do you have only a landline <laughs> phone? I mean, come on. Only a cell phone, both a landline and a cell phone. Mike? <laughs> do you have a landline? I, it's well, a caveat, oh though. That's a total it's a caveat. caveat. My wife doesn't get cell phone service at her house. Both a landline. That's what and I heard. so I was required to put in a landline. Brian? 
I finally ripped my landline out after not answering it for like four years. Oh so goodness. cell phone only. It was <laughs> for what it's worth. Ours is outbound only. Our voicemail says, "Don't leave a message." Your whole neighborhood is going to come to your house when there's an earthquake. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the reason why we got it, yeah. Okay, next question. In the past 24 hours, about how many text messages, if any, did you send or receive? None, 1 to 9, 10 to 49, or 50 or more? 10 to 49. Yeah, same bucket. On the lower that's end a broad that. bucket. That's broad. Probably to three people. Thank you, Mom. Mine's literally probably 300, so I think these are like what? short. Yeah, wow. maybe. I've, I mean, yeah. maybe more. Okay, question six. How important is being successful in a high-paying career or profession to you personally? Wow, like what? you guys better say it's important. You're going to get fired after this. Okay, it's one of the most important things in life. It's very important, but not the most. It's somewhat important. It's not important. I think I know Mike's. What do you think it is? Very important, but not the most. I'm going to go B, yeah. I think... Yeah, I know you. There are things more important, but... I see you, Mike. Yeah. All right, Brian. That's, yeah, just two things. Being successful, yes, that's that would be like one of the most important. High pain, I mean, that's less on my list, but they're lumping them together. I would probably say very important, but not the most. All right, next question. Do you think more people of different races marrying each other is... Good for society, bad for society. Who, who doesn't wrote make, this quiz? Doesn't make much for society. That are you racist or not? Is this I am, question? I am not. All right. I kind of prove it by marriage. So, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> Mike, that's good. Let's say good for society. Let's so, definitely go with good so for that, society. So that yeah, so yeah. we don't have to turn you into HR, Brian. Yeah. Can we just answer that for you? <laughs> sure. Okay. In the past twelve months, did you vet this? I, no, I <laughs> didn't. Right. Uh, I didn't even come up with this. In the past 12 months, have you contacted a government official or not? This contact could have been in person, by phone, by letter, by sending an email, or posting a message on their website. Yes or no? Absolutely yes. I've probably contacted... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Really? Yeah. By email and phone. I feel like phone I'm talking to my dad. Oh, my gosh. Brian? Uh, I'm trying to think of how long ago it was. Within the last 12 months? Yeah. Oh, within the last 12 days. Really? What do you contact government officials about? I don't even know who my... I don't even know who the senator of New York is. That what? Yeah, I don't like politics. I barely know who the right. vice president is. I always forget his name. Joe Biden. There you go. Yeah, okay. I'd say no, because it's been over 12 months. Okay. Have you ever created your own profile on any social networking site, such as MySpace, Facebook, LinkedIn... Or you haven't done this at all. MySpace. It says MySpace. My mom used to say. No, let's just say such my as. Face, my face or Facebook. All right. Yes. Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, but I'm not on Snapchat. You're not a millennial, but I'll, let's leave it to the internet to decide. Brian? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was an early adopter of a lot of those. And then you kind of park them. But yeah. I'm, I'm active on some. All right, next question. How important is living a very religious life to you? Wow, this is a very personal quiz. I would wow. say for you, not important. What are the answer? What are the options? Oh, here? sorry. One of the most important things. Very important, but not the most. Somewhat important or not important. Yeah, not important. Yeah. In, yeah. What I would your mother whole, say? About I could this? do a whole podcast on that. It's funny. My mother would say I'm very spiritual, but that's not very exactly, religious. So what if we religion to me out is the word? So that's the thing. Yeah, I, yeah. Love I feel like you're a millennial like, just because you want to swap it out. <laughs> exactly. But to me, it's like religion is like. This is a rat hole for me, but it's like dogma and like people go to church like to try to get their 
ticket to get into heaven or get what they want versus mm-hmm. just living a holistic, good life and being kind to people. So I'm very spiritual with the stuff that I do in my extracurricular activities. I got to know that somebody's kind of watching me and has a plan or, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be operating without a parachute, yeah. literally. 100% agree on that. So, well, I already said no for you. Oh, so there's no take backs? You're an atheist. I would say it's... <laughs> I'm kidding. No I, don't, I don't know if you're an atheist, it's but according B to... B or C. I think it's somewhat important. I think, yeah. It's because it's very religious. Very religious. Yeah, though. Very religious. religious. Okay, question 11. Moving quickly off the religious question. I think, by the way, I think um, that was a point for Millennial Mike. I think you. I think I'm gaining ground. You're definitely ground right. Here. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. All right, next question. Were your parents married during most of the time you were growing up? Mike? Yes. Still are. That's sweet. Brian? Uh, no, my parents got divorced when I was. Uh, I think preteen. Yeah, y'all are totally switched on this. But okay, next question: Do you have a tattoo? I know Mike Murphy does not have a tattoo. Do you know that for sure? Haley? I do. No, if I say I do for hundred percent, that gets <laughs> super scandalous. No, I, I haven't. I don't know for sure. My guess is no. But everything about our history together tells you no. Tells I don't. me no. Yeah, I don't have a tattoo. I knew it, Brian. I've. It should say, have you done extensive research on a tattoo? Because I'm so, <laughs> I want to get one, but I want to make it so authentic and I don't want to regret it. But yeah, uh, I don't have one. I, I always tell people my scars are my tattoos. Ooh, wow. Very spiritual That's of you. Or millennial. <laughs> okay, next question. Do you have a piercing in a place other than your earlobe? This is definitely not for Mike. This is, uh, this is, this is getting pretty this personal here. Very personal quiz. Annie picked this quiz on the marketing team. Let's give her shit for that. I don't either. All right. Oh gosh, I was I was avoiding this question, but in general, would you say your describe your political views as conservative, moderate, or liberal? What do you think my answer is? I think you're going to be liberal. I'm moderate. Okay. I'm pretty liberal. Last question. Finally, please tell us your age so that we can see how people in different age groups scroll so, this. All right, so we're going to skip clear, this one. Just to be clear, this is how millennial yeah, are you, and then you just put in your age and it tells you whether you fit the definition. <laughs> okay, so we have some answers here, right? It's a scale of 0 to 100, and Mike, <laughs> out of 100, is a 68, which basically means That's he's... passing. Is that, that the, is that the year you were born? Let me let me just so I can pass as a millennial. Let me qualify this. You have to hit a seventy three to be qualified as a millennial. What to be a card so, carrying millennial? Does it millennial. say that? Yeah, on there? it literally says that. So you're a Gen Xer. You were born before nineteen eighty. This is like that movie where we switch bodies, maybe. <laughs> However, Brian, on the other hand, this is, is basically hundred percent. He he got a ninety eight out of one hundred, which means he is like all star millennial. So Ryan's fifty percent more millennial than I am. You you were born in the wrong era, my friend. All right. I was gonna say, what can we change about that? But I like you the what way you are. What can we do? I'd tat you up though if that, I really. Now, if I found you knocked out, I would put tats all over you. <laughs> all right. What and where? <laughs> yeah, he was gonna pass. He's like, okay, wait, wait. No, tell I want to tell dive me in. more. <laughs> So like the typical millennial, we got so excited about talking about ourselves that we <laughs> forgot a big piece of the podcast, which is it's customary to say what you do, but also what your parents think you do. So let's start with what you actually do. So what I actually do is... Besides get my coffee every morning. Ooh, y- ooh, burn. ooh burn. Yeah. yeah. 
You got me coffee this morning, actually, <laughs> for what true. it's worth. I did. Um, so I work for Brian on the marketing team. Uh, I do all sorts of PR and marketing activities, everything um, internal, external, from uh, you know bylines and thought leadership and events, pitching events, writing scripts for events, doing slides for events. Um, what You're else like the man do? behind the persona at Draw because. You know, obviously, when people write bylines and cop content, the idea is theirs, but you're really the one working behind the scenes, making it happen. I'm a little bit He's of a, the puppet master. I'm a little but, bit of a ghost writer on stuff. Yeah, yeah, you totally are. Except um, mine, I wrote my own. Yeah, I've only done one. That's why. But uh, <laughs> I wrote a joke in there for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It almost got canned. You're, barely made it. Just kidding. It you're did. very funny. You're very funny. All right, what do your parents think you do? My parents. I, so I think they have a pretty good idea of what I do in terms of you know. PR marketing. I, they get that. I've been doing it for long enough to where I think they finally get that. In terms of what Drawbridge does, I think they they had it for a hot second there, and then Drawbridge sort of has grown and expanded into new spaces. So mm-hmm. when I first came to Drawbridge two and a half, three years ago, it was a pure ad tech play, and I was coming from outside the industry. So it was a lot of educating yeah. my family and friends on here's what, here's how ads work, and yeah. here's what we're doing at Drawbridge, and then there's this whole cross-device piece. And I think they finally got that right around the time that we sort of expanded the whole cross-device identity piece into other areas outside of ad tech. So what would they say you, if they had to explain it, what would they say? I don't know. I, I didn't ask them specifically, but I do know, so one of the... One of the larger uh, non-ad tech identity announcements we've made was a partnership with Oracle. Mm. And when my parents saw that, they were t- totally confused. confused. Yeah. My dad was in sales at Oracle for a while, years back, mm. you know, on like management and consulting. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. wait, but you do advertising. Oracle's not in that business. How does this work? And so I think they're just more confused now. Um, I think they get it generally. You know, it's it's a customer experience on the internet, making that better. But they have to be proud because basically everything that goes out by way of content, you have a hand in, which is pretty cool. I don't know if they know all those details. You're like, no, they're not proud of me at all. No, they're proud they're of like, me. I How don't... come your name's not on it? Yeah. <laughs> this person stole Mike's Mike's copy. No, my I don't mom... know why we were talking like your parents are from Brooklyn or Boston. <laughs> Where are your parents from? My parents are from Chicago. Chicago, even yeah. better. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, there's one more thing you have to do. Yeah. Which is give us your best impersonation or character um, to sign off the podcast. And I've been waiting to make fun of you for this for several months. Do you even know what my accent's going to be? No, I'm going to make fun of you regardless. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. But, but take us away. Please sign off. Tell your fans uh, you hope that they want you to come back. If not, you're never going to see the light of day on the podcast again. So this better be good. No okay. pressure. Oh, man. I haven't done this in you so long. You know, millennials long. like to put pressure on each other. It's called bullying. This is end of podcast. Oh. Go- goodbye. <laughs> Where's the vodka? So the background. <laughs> I was not expecting that. So the background on that is uh, <laughs> I, I was I was it. in theater in high school. Okay. And I played this Russian character, and I wore a fat suit while doing this, and so I was like this fat Russian guy, or vaguely Eastern European. I don't I don't you know you sound Russian. like Putin. Really? Kinda, yeah. Putin is a good friend. Putin, <laughs> Putin vodka. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. thanks for joining, Mike. Thank you. It's been fun making fun of you. Yes. I mean, it's been fun collaborating with you on this podcast it about ourselves. Been. Yeah, this is good. I think every podcast should be about millennials so we can talk about ourselves. Is that millennial of Let's me to do say? It. Yeah, yeah, I think so.